You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Chris, I'm your host tonight, and I'm joined by John and our returning special guest, Andy. All right, guys, how are we doing? I'm oh, good. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks for having us again. No pressure on you there, special guest. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> Must have done something right last time out. <laughs> well, hopefully tonight, we can, well, there's not a lot of football to talk about, unfortunately. Because, uh, we did have the, the, the friendly between Scotland and Qatar, uh, and we'll get an in-depth view of the Junior Cup final, because John, you were there. Uh, and so was Laurie, should, I should mention. Uh, another... Special guest in a podcast recently this season. Aye, but Laurie was supporting their own team. Laurie was supporting uh, Musselburgh, so it's uh, so uh, that we didn't know he was, he was going to the game until uh, like Sunday morning, otherwise it might have been good to arrange to get him on as well, but we'll have to make do with uh, a happy John, shall we say, not to be spoiling the, the story or anything. But uh, I think what we we'll probably start with though is a, a look back on the... the the season that's just gone, because um, Andy, you're obviously our uh, Highlands expert. Uh, and well, allegedly. <laughs> and uh, I think, well, what, what one will we start with? Because uh, we've got Ross County, who had the great escape, but we've got Inverness, who had the best ever season. Yeah, it's, it's been, it's, this has been my first season covering Highland football, so um, it's certainly given me no shortage of stuff to, to write about. Um, yeah, just pretty remarkable. County, as you say, looked dead and buried in January. Um, January, sorry, February the the seventh. They were six points adrift at the bottom. Was it as many so, as that? Yeah, yeah, yeah a remarkable turnaround. They they went on a, a great run of eight wins from nine matches, which saw Jim McIntyre win Manager of the Month twice. And um, deservedly so. Yeah. Found, no, yeah, they were they were formed team in Europe. I remember reading, reading at one point that <laughs> because of that that run they were on with the eight wins at a night or something. They were up with, with, with some of the best. So that's right. Yeah, yeah. No, they were they were right up there. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, it's very rare. I mean, sometimes you see teams going on decent runs towards the end of the season to give themselves hope. But for a team to string together that level of consistency was was remarkable. So. Um, no, I was I was delighted to see them stay up. Mind you, they they, they did kind of keep things uh, keep things going until the the very end. I mean, they they, they slipped slightly after after the split. Um, lost a game against St Mirren at home, yeah. uh, which kind of looked as if it might have given Motherwell a, a bit of a sniff. But there was a, a dramatic win against Hamilton on the penultimate day of the season, which. Uh, results went their way on that day, which kept them kept them in the league. So, um, you know, from a from a point of looking dead and buried, they've they've given themselves a uh, you know a good grounding for next season. They've, they've made a lot of changes already, yeah. releasing fifty players, including uh, Richard Britton, the, the long-serving captain. He's <laughs> gone and signed for signed for Brora, believe it or not. So, ah, is he, is he staying in the Highlands then? Because I remember there was that. Uh... There was the issues with his pre-contract at St. Johnson and then yes. it cancelled for the... Well, I don't think we ever heard exactly what the reasons were and I don't think they're in any of our business, to be honest. It sounded like it was a, an internal yeah. family thing, perhaps. But yeah, he's obviously quite happy up there. So Barora seems like a That's good place right. to go as any. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think being settled in the Highlands with, with a family, with a young family, it's uh, you know there's, there's going to be limited options as far as staying in the senior game 
goes, I suppose, if you were going to be willing to make the commute, then one of the Dundees or, I suppose, uh, were you to have not had the, the previous with St. Johnson, then that could have been an option as well. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't think he would have fitted Inverness's style of play, um, just given the, the way that Yogi plays plays football. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think he's, he's, he's made a, a position... Um, you know, he's, he's found a position at Broraf where, where he's got you know options open to him in terms of where he goes from here. He can go into management. He can go into coaching. Um, either way, he's he's still in the in the Highlands, and uh, I'm sure he'll make a massive difference at that level. I'm just thinking. I mean, we've not had you on since the the, the pyramid playoff, but what, what was the reaction <laughs> at Broraf because they were so close to getting that uh, Team Forty Two position? And, and well, after initial, yeah, after initial kind of trepidation from. Mainly, kind of people behind the scenes at Brora. Um, once they got into the thick of the actual playoff matches themselves, the Edinburgh City game that they won on penalties, the players, the the whole club, really bought into the idea of, of contending for promotion. And uh, you know they were they were gutted by the time they lost against Montrose. Uh, they they were reduced to ten men. Yeah. In the in the away leg, having taken a one 0 lead away from from Brora with them. So a Marvin Andrews own goal, which, uh, <laughs> which set them up, set them up quite nicely for for the return leg down in Troyes. But um, yeah, they they were reduced to ten men uh, when that one was at one one, and Montrose um, went and took the took the win with two late goals. So um, no, Broda were Broda were gutted by the end of that because they as as the actual matches went on, they they really bought into the idea of of going up, and you know that that maybe. Speaks volumes about what the, the playoffs can do. Yeah, that, well, yeah, because we knew all about the, the, they didn't really want to come up because it might cost them money. But mm-hmm. uh, if, if they're if they're actually gutted that they, they haven't made it, then that, that's encouraging because I think one of the things we've talked about in this podcast before is that we're looking for freshness in the league. So Broder would have brought that, but unfortunately, uh, they, well, to be fair, they were the only ones that didn't get promoted through playoffs this season. It happened to throughout the, right. the, the divisions, but um, yeah, yeah. So uh, we're not buying into the conspiracy that uh, certain people who probably didn't see the game or suggesting that they got to the last 20 minutes got a man intentionally sent off in case he did two late goals <laughs> no no I, I suppose that, uh, that it begs the question but uh, but no no I think they, they they were very going by the body language of the, the players at the end of the game it was it was pretty pretty sincere so um, no and I think though with with the signings they've made already um, they've, you know not just signed Richard Britton but they've signed the guy Paul Brindle who's a prolific scorer for their, their rivals, Clack McCudden. So, um, yeah, I think they've they've already kind of shown that they've got intentions of giving it another another good shot next season. So, uh, might might see them again in, in 11, 12 months or so. Oh, hopefully, who who's in the main rivals will be then, Andy? Uh, well, Turriff United ran them close for much of the season. Um, they lost two crucial games in April. Uh, sorry, in March, March uh, towards the end of March, which. Uh, one of which was against Brora, and that was the game that won Brora the, the league title. So, um, yeah, they'll be up there with a, another shout. You've got Cove Rangers, who are never far away themselves. Um, their problem is, or you know, I guess a, a notable kind of point about their season next year is the fact that they're actually going to be uh, kind of groundless. They're, they've sold their, their stadium, Allen Park. So they're they're actually ground sharing with four different teams over the course of next season. Um, it'll all depend on who's available. Um, 
you know, in, on which given weekend. But uh, there's there's four other teams, three three other Highland League teams: Keith and Veruri, and uh, for Martin, as well as uh, Banks of D from from the juniors who they're they're sharing with. So that'll be that'll be an interesting <laughs> that'll be one. Interesting, uh, basically, the the move away from from Allen Park, their old stadium, was was accelerated by the fact that they were because of the I guess the kind of ramshackle state it was in. They were they were actually the only team in the Highland League without an SFA license because of that. So um, that would have kind of prevented them competing in the, the Scottish Cup. Oh, that's, that's unusual because um, I know Cove Rangers have been uh, a decent uh, Scottish Cup team in the past. So. They've been a name so absent. I think uh, Formatine have been the, the one. Are they the ones that play in the Ramsons Cup as well? Well, it's not the Ramsons Cup. That's they right. The yeah, they played, Cup. <laughs> they played in that a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they've again, like Brora, they've, they've, they've beaten a couple of you know League League Two sides. So um, yeah, no, there's uh, for Martin are going to be a, a big contender. They've actually made a managerial change. They've uh, back in March they they took the decision to. Uh, to let go of Steve Patterson, the former Aberdeen and Cali Thistle manager. I remember the name um, well. Yes, <laughs> I, uh, they've taken in Chris Hunter from from Fraserburgh, who's who's got an excellent record. Uh, a young manager, already made some great signings. He's he's brought in Scott Barber from from Fraserburgh, who's uh, twice young player of the of the the year in the Highland League. So he's a real talent, and you know probably has the potential to to play. At a level above the Highland League, um, they've really shown their intent with kind of seven or eight signings, which wouldn't have been cheap, I would imagine, wages-wise. But um, I think they're a club that certainly, were to, if it were to come to, you know, the, the latter stages of the season, and uh, there was a chance of them being promoted, there would be no trepidation. There would be no holding back from from their intentions. For Martin, are very much a club who who want to be in the in the uh, the SPFL. Good to hear. I, I think we should probably mention uh, obviously there'll be, there'll be the challenge from the Lowland League as well because uh, I think Edinburgh, mm-hmm. Edinburgh ran Brora close in the, the I don't know what we called it the pyramid semi-final <laughs> Yeah it would, it would have been the semi-final yeah yeah or at least the yeah yeah no I think I think semi-final is probably the probably the, the best description of it yeah they were they were a goal up in the, the first leg um, you know and Brora took a, a late equaliser down at uh, down at Meadowbank to you know Obviously, it was over two legs. Yeah, um, yeah no, Brora had to really dig that one out. It came down to a penalty shootout in the end. And, uh, you know, I suppose the fact it was maybe in Brora handed, uh, handed Brora an advantage, you know, with, with more fans there. But, um, yeah, no, they, they, I'm sure they'll be back challenging again. Spartans have a, an excellent side. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sterling University posts some fantastic results too. So, uh, I'm, I'm sure there'll be no shortage of challenges from from the, the Lowland League as well. There'll be a new team as well. I was going to say, John, you posted the forum. Colts. Yeah. Share a Broadwood, apparently. That's the plan. I don't think it's not been approved yet, I don't think. So we need to wait and see whether it gets approved, but yeah, it's certainly been a set into the league, so 15 team... teams. Aye. No, it's not the league. It's growing. Aye. Uh, yeah, and it's good to, good to see these new teams emerging, you know. Uh, I guess we had BSC Glasgow coming, coming last season. Yeah. Uh, you know, Virtually out of out of nowhere, and uh, you know, just teams that have shown a bit of ambition and a, a desire to be to be in and part of part of the setup. Really, it's uh, it's always nice to see. But it'll create some rivalry as well. East Kilbride, I think East Kilbride are quite pleased that having a rivals in Cumbernauld. Yeah, and 
I mean, there were noises a couple of years ago about Clyde uh, actually moving to East Kilbride. Yeah, Broadwood. Is that still? I think they're still under- investigating that. I don't. I don't think it's ever been confirmed. I don't think they've dropped the idea though. Because there, there, right. there just doesn't get much of a fan base in Cumbernauld, unfortunately. Not that I think they'll get much of a fan base in East Kilbride either, but I think they're, expo- no. they're certainly exploring the options. It's a strange one because I guess you know they're they're a club that's already moved from its from its roots. Shawfield, um, yeah. Shawfield, yeah. So they've already done it done it once, and uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be an interesting way to go down. But uh, I think I think the key with East Kilbride is it's not far from Shawfield. Well, it's it's up the hill basically. It's quite a long hill uh, from from where Shawfield was. So the historic fan base might be find it easier to get to East Kilbride than it would to come on all. But uh, mm-hmm. how much of a historic fan base have they got? Well, that's the thing, Nick. Is I guess you you perhaps alienate the fans that regard it as a, a Glasgow club, and always always did and always will. So mm, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure they, they class themselves as a Glasgow club. But I seem to remember there was a I was reading about a Fairs Cup. This is before the UEFA Cup, uh, and like Clyde had qualified through position, but weren't allowed to play in it because there was already another Glasgow team in it, and they tried to claim they weren't from Glasgow. Oh, right. Another club. Ah, oh, I see, right, okay. <laughs> it didn't work, unfortunately, but uh, it, was, it was a nice try, yeah. I must admit. Because, I mean, they are, they are, I think, just slightly outside the the, 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 the Glasgow border. I know certainly they're the other side of the river from what, uh, where like Celtic Park is. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. As the crow flies, yeah. it's not far away from Celtic Park at all, actually, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll pass it on the way yeah, to, from the, the, the stadium if I go. Aye. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's an odd one with Clyde. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I suppose we'll wait and see what happens with them. But yeah, it could be the what you say the, in the Lowland League. We're going to have a, a rivalry between East Kilbride and Cumbernauld Colts, and uh, <laughs> whoever wins gets to keep Clyde, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I think uh, I think we're dancing around the the the, the real success story from the Highlands here because it's it's got to be a this season. <laughs> remarkable, absolutely remarkable. Uh, I, I, think I, I said it last week that uh, Inverness had managed uh, that's, that's 21 years in existence. That's a, a year quicker than when the Scottish Cup the Rangers managed. <laughs> Rangers haven't yeah. won it yet. Well, uh, that's a pedantic way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I fantastic for for everyone connected to the club. Um, I could tell. I mean, when I started watching them at the beginning of the season, I could tell that there was something. Pretty, pretty special going on, you know, just with the the way they were trying to play football. Um, it was really opening up a lot of teams. Um, you know, John Hughes, I guess his his roots. Um, you know, as a as a manager with Falkirk, he always showed a, a real desire to to get the ball down um, and and just create a a very short and sharp way of of kind of getting through teams. And I guess he's. he's taken on what wasn't exactly a, a broken kind of setup at Calita, so they were doing very well under Terry Butcher, albeit with a more direct style. Um, but fair play, because you know he's he's taken, he's inherited the squad and um, you know transformed their, their way of playing completely. Uh, over the season, you know they've they've just shown remarkable consistency for a a group of players that you know really I suppose aren't. Aren't on a, a great deal of money compared to the, the rest of the league. It's uh, it's a club that's that definitely overachieved in terms of its league position, um, but you know the consistency they've shown is fantastic. It's a it's a season that anyone in the in the league would be proud of. Really, you know, finishing third, qualifying for Europe for the for the first time, and then topping it all off with the, the Scottish Cup. Um, it, it was, was a, it was a remarkable. This is how Aberdeen did last season. They finished third and won a cup. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I, I suppose with Aberdeen, there's there's that level of, I wouldn't say expectation as such, but there's a, a feeling that that's where the, the team perhaps belongs, um, you know, and challenging for, for things like that. Yeah. But yeah. what Inverness are doing is unprecedented. And uh, it, I tell you, it leaves a hell of a lot to go and build upon for next season. <laughs> how, do you, how do you better that? Um, I don't know, but... I'm, gonna, I'm I mean, looking forward to see how they do in Europe. I mean, obviously they get uh, a couple of weeks off compared to Aberdeen and St. Johnson. Uh, and obviously St. Johnson yes. are happy that Inverness won the cup. Uh, but it's, it's still, it's imminent, it's, it's is the problem. I mean, we're, we're less than a month away from Aberdeen starting their European campaign. And that's what, we haven't yeah. even technically finished the season yet. No. <laughs> no I, I feel sorry for Mark Reynolds, I really do, because he's in the Scotland squad. So he's going to be busy up till Saturday, won't get a game. He'll never get a game against Qatar. No. Uh, and he's going to. his holiday? Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And another one that you can add to that is Graham Shinney, because I mean, his season was extended by a further week and his involvement with the cup final. Yeah. Um, and, and, and his move is going to mean he's going to be straight back into training with his new club, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh no, there's some some short summer holidays going going around the the north and the northeast all all round really. But um, I don't think they would swap it for for anything. No, I'm looking forward uh, to seeing how Aberdeen's got on actually, because it's, it's it's an interesting place to go. Is up in the, the Caledonia Stadium. It's it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's picturesque for one thing. <laughs> sitting right yes, next to it, it can be quite windy, but it's it's uh, it's certainly nice to sit there on, on the fourth. So uh, I don't th- I don't think anybody's going to relish going there. I mean, certainly, and uh, since uh, even before Inverness get promoted, it's always been a difficult place for Celtic to go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, there have been one or two, you know, real key results up up there. Uh, you know, in Inverness Celtic matches. That I mean, obviously the the famous one was down at Parkhead with the the, the Super Cali Ballistic match. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was there. Well. Yeah, I, I was also Aye. I was also at the one three years later where we were up to Inverness and lost one 0 Ah, well, that's the one that perhaps perhaps forgotten about a, a little bit. You know, Dennis Wynes got the winner yeah. that night, and uh, arguably a better Cali Thistle team by that stage. Uh, it was a team that went on to to be promoted just uh, just a year later. Yeah. So, um, but even even going back quite recently, I, I seem to remember there was a. Pretty key league match that came maybe three years ago. Yeah, it was it was the it was the pre-split game after the split where uh, Celtic yes. were tied in the title after uh, they'd already, already drawn at Ibrox, uh, and it was it, a matter of a match that it, it, it made a difference because both Celtic yeah. and Rangers picked up thirteen out of fifteen points in the from the the post-split fixtures, but because Celtic lost that game, the advantage they had going into the the, the split was was lost, and Rangers won the title. Aye. <laughs> Um, and, if, and then, of course, they, they did it again in, in April at uh, Tamden. Uh, yeah. Although, well, that's a that's a touchy subject, yeah, I'm well, sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I've, I, I've, I've said that on several occasions. If you leave aside the glaringly obvious refereeing error, Celtic were still one 0 up at half time. So they should have had enough about them to finish that game. And fair play to Inverness, they took a chance well. They got obviously got a big bonus with the, the, the break at the park, which not only led to the equaliser, but led to Celtic going down to 10 men. And I don't think anybody argues that was the right decision. Uh, and even then, they had, to, they had to fight their way through extra time. There was quite an interesting tweet that uh, came out courtesy of the the now famous, I suppose, Cali Thistle official Twitter <laughs> um, after the after the cup final which uh, which read Celtic FAO Celtic that's how you play with 10 men 
<laughs> obviously after going on to win the cup final uh, after Carol Tremarco was sent off. Yeah, there was a little bit of uh, a little bit of vengeance there, but <laughs> unfortunately, the Inverness goalkeeper didn't give Celtic any goals. So. <laughs> no, that's right. I although the, uh, to be fair, I think Ryan Essen admitted himself that he should have done better with Gadetti's free kick. Um, that that was one that. Oh yeah, that's a point. Um, you know, he was he was quite honest in in his assessment of that, and uh, you know he's. An experienced keeper, and uh, I guess he was he spared his his plushes were, were spared by by David Raven, the most unlikely of, of match winners, who eventually went on to miss the final. So um, yeah, uh, must, must disappointing from his perspective, but uh, I'm sure he was delighted. Does he get a medal? Yeah. this is what I'm never sure about. Yeah, he does. He does. Yes, yeah, right. absolutely. So does so does Gary Warren, who was suspended. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, these these players all get medals. Dean Brill, the goalkeeper, was was injured too. So. Um, yeah, no, these these guys all get medals. I think it played their part in previous rounds. Yeah, I, I think you were at Hamden for the final. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a remarkable day. Uh, I tell you, Inverness didn't play particularly well. Um, they, they, they did kind of, you know, they, they, without dominating the first half, they were definitely on top and deserved their their one nil advantage. The game was crying out for a goal. Um, you know, when when Watkins put them a goal up. But um, Falkirk's response in the second half was very impressive from their point of view, uh, to the point where the, the equaliser was definitely coming. You know, no one could say that was undeserved. It was just what happened thereafter, um, because obviously the equaliser came seven minutes after the the Tremarco red card. Yeah. And when Peter Grant, who was absolutely outstanding, I felt for Falkirk, he's a a player I've not seen much of, but I thought he was brilliant. No, I'm, I'm the same. I, 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 I mentioned it on the podcast last week. You had that tackle in the first half, which was just absolutely yes. fantastic. <laughs> absolutely. No, he really caught the eye, and um, he'll have been gutted that his header didn't mean more in the, in the scheme of the match. Uh, but, I mean, it's certainly the outcome that uh, materialised was not the one that I, I foresaw with 10 minutes of play left. I mean, the, the amount of grass that James Vincent covered and. <laughs> And his run for that equaliser, uh, for that for that winner was was just remarkable. Yeah, I think um, sports, sports he measured that about eighty odd yards. It was, it was a, I think it was I think it was ninety. Yeah. Was it ninety? Yeah. Ninety. Aye, because uh, he's he, he was brought on for for young Ryan Christie, um, you know, to to play in the attacking midfield position, and uh, you know, within two minutes he was already being being asked to cover right back, and you know, and I guess direct result of Tremarco's red card. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he just he, I guess, re- rediscovered his his instincts uh, of of being in there to to support the attack. He was actually more disappointed that Marley Watkins didn't square the ball in the first place. But <laughs> <laughs> sure, neither of them would change anything the, the way it all worked out. No, I think it all worked out well in the end. So, did you manage to get to the the, the parade on Sunday? I did. Yeah, yeah, I was up the road. Uh, up the road straight after the game, really, and uh, caught a bit of the, the vibe in Inverness, both both on Saturday night and and on Sunday. Um, I guess the parade had to be twenty four hours later, really, just because the players were straight away on on holiday. In fact, one or two of the players who are from down south actually missed the parade because because <laughs> uh, they, they were already on holiday. Um, you know, it just really is. It, it just highlights the the real kind of short notice, I suppose, uh, yeah. or the the close proximity between the end of this season and the beginning of of their pre-season campaign ahead of their, their European adventure. So, 
they possibly never thought they'd be in the final at the start of the season as well. They probably never. Been holidays a long time ago and yeah. not even thought or they might be in the cup final, so just booked holidays. Well, that's it. I mean, uh, Inverness, I guess, are a club who, by their own admission, would you know they would they would say they've no right to be planning for cup finals and European uh, tours. So uh, no, it's it's remarkable and. I actually think their their style of play will will suit European football quite well. Um, you know, a team that will get the ball down and um, you know try and pass their way through through teams. And uh, do you know what potential opponents they might get? Have you? I've seen. I mean, it really depends on what happens in the first round because yeah. you know their their cup final win gets them through into the second round. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, there's no end of different possibilities in terms of location, and anywhere from Faroe Islands to Kazakhstan to Luxembourg. So, um, it, might, uh, it might depend how they regionalise it. I, I know. Um, that's right. Yeah. I, I know from the, our perspective in the, in the Champions League uh, first couple of rounds, they're definitely regionalised. So I think the, yeah, like the first two rounds or something are regionalised, and after that, it starts getting more exotic. But yeah, like you say, even the Faroe Islands could be. It could be somewhere you want to go, actually, depending on uh, how you do. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I mean, I know Inverness won't be seeded, so it might be a difficult um, task for them to get through the, the rounds. Uh, I don't think Aberdeen are seeded in the second round either. No, I seeded no. for the first round, which means we'll avoid the likes of West Ham, Rosenberg, so that like, the likes of that. What are West Ham doing in the first round? Uh, oh, they're fair the fair play, play team, right? Fair now. play, yeah. aye. But you could yeah. get you could get something in like a Kazakhstan, going into Kazakhstan or Serbia or whatever. Right. Much as we were quite lucky in terms of last year, obviously going to Riga, and you never know what you're going to get in Eastern Europe. Yeah. You certainly don't. Th- know thankfully, what you're get, right. thankfully they didn't end up being top too much. Yeah, they no, ended up with a Latvian mob that were at the <laughs> centre of a match fixing yeah. scandal. <laughs> so, um, I think sure Inverness would gladly take much of the same in the second round, but somehow yeah. think that that's where the I think the first round's where the, the wheat somewhat gets separated from the from the chaff. Well, one of the things <laughs> you learn on the, the UEFA is what their uh, very liberal ideas are when it comes to regions. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think you're right with Aberdeen going to Riga and that was a region. <laughs> it's not exactly close. Yeah, Looking through the potential opponents, so that's kind of... Aye, it's mainly Eastern Europe. The only one I can see that's not really Eastern Europe. Well, Glentoran, obviously that's not Eastern Europe. Northern Ireland, and then Odds from Norway. Norway, yeah. Vasan Palacera from Finland. But majority of the potential opponents are certainly Eastern European. And some names that I think even the people with the the kind of great knowledge of football would struggle to have heard of. <laughs> Give Derek the earphone, he'll know. <laughs> aye. Uh, but aye. See what happens. But yeah, I mean, that's to come. Uh, that's, well, <laughs> what we said already, it's coming shortly. But uh, I think we'll probably move on and uh, we'll, we'll talk about the uh, the juniors. Oh, do they have the juniors on Highlands? Yeah, there is North Juniors. Um, it's uh, it's not a great standard. I guess the, the difference... Um, you would you would say between the juniors in the north and and that in the east and the west regions is that um, there's no doubt that the the Highland League is of a, a greater standard than the North Juniors, whereas your Lowland League, uh, you know, there's there's an argument to say the, the Lowland League is is you know there are teams in the west and the east juniors who are comparable or if not of a better standard 
you, you really don't have that in the in the north at all. Aye, that was probably shown by when Talbot played Edinburgh, Edinburgh City. There yes. wasn't much between the two teams. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, but and it's, then, it's more maybe more political, I guess in a in a way. You know that the separation between the, the teams. I guess there's there's not as great an appetite for for junior teams to be involved in any any pyramid. Yeah, there's I think there's a few. I think we've just touched on it a wee bit earlier in the season. I think, but there's a few that would would have some interest in it, but not not the ones at the top certainly. No, I mean the, the top junior names in the north are are mainly Aberdeen based. I mean you've got Banks of D, Cooter, um, Hermes, and you know the, these are teams who who wouldn't win the Highland League. They they would maybe give it a, a decent bash, but uh, at, at the end of the day, I think they would be a fair distance off it. And in terms of what's required to compete for the you know the, the junior cup final, uh, I, I think they're sort of a fair bit off that as well. So it's. Um, you know, there's a fair gulf between junior and, and Highland League standard for sure. Yeah, there's even probably a gulf between the West and East. Uh, it, mm-hmm. The West, the standard in the West is certainly better than the East, much as Boston would have got to the final yesterday. Mm-hmm. You would certainly, most people in the junior game would say the West League was better. It's super league. You still see quite a lot of East teams occasionally doing well. I mean, Linlithgow, Rose, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, in, in the, you know, in, in the senior Scottish Cup, I mean. There was a there was a great game I covered many years ago between Bonnes, who uh, were the the champions of the, the East Super League, and Bucky Thistle, who were then the Highland League champions. So it was a real chance for I guess two two big guns in non-league football to really show you know where where they where they lay in terms of uh, you know I just I guess comparing leagues. It was it was a real marker. Bucky actually won it two 0 down down in Bonnes. Um, so it was a, a huge result for them, just just in terms of kind of showcasing the, the qualities of the, the league. But uh, yeah. you know, it's it's very rare that you you get that actually. You know, the, the best the best in one league coming up against the best from another. I think the big thing about the junior cup certainly is that the junior cup's regarded as the most prestigious trophy because it is all the junior teams. So it's a chance for like the likes of Talbot and Musselburgh to come together, see who's the best out east and the west or whatever. So that makes it a bit special in terms of the cup. There was talk. There has been talk about maybe a, a Super League whereby it's East and West clubs. All right. But I don't know if that'll happen because the junior game thrives on local rivalry. Yes. And people not having to travel far from Archie's as much as maybe it's not a massive distance of people are working with families and stuff like that. They're not wanting to travel no. maybe two, three hours for a game. Not not huge distances, but you just don't get the feeling it would be altogether that popular. No, certainly not. Unfortunately, my knowledge of the juniors is kind of restricted to the. Well, I know the name Walkingley Talbot because even when I was watching, did STV used to show the junior cup final? It did, yeah. yeah remember, That's right, yeah. I remember watching that in the nineties. Yeah, I remember watching that. You watched that in the nineties, and Walkingley Talbot was the name that always stuck out. Well, that and Camelon, which I know, yes. I know is pronounced Camelon. <laughs> but Jock Brown kept pronouncing it Camelon. It was really annoying me. <laughs> It's quite funny, like see in terms of how I was saying there about OVD used to be the sponsor. Mm-hmm. I, like you struggle, I don't know. There's not many places that you see that I don't think these days that sell OVD rum, but you still <laughs> get it in the Talbot Social Club. They have OVD rum, which is quite like, cool. Perhaps a bit like Skull Lager. Skull Lager, I <laughs> probably still get that in the <laughs> Petardry Bar. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I suppose it's just like the like the Scottish Cup in a way. You you, you see. I guess the when you look at the the teams who've won it, uh, the likes of Ockett and Lech appear on the 
you know, appeared on the honours list many, many times more than than anyone else. But um, well, I mean, on that point, I was looking at it that like talking like it's like on a like now the the eleventh that was eleventh time they've won out there, but yeah. like yep. ten of them has come in the last thirty years. Oh, it's pretty impressive. Well, it's, it's an impressive record just, just recently because like, the first time they won it was 48 49, and then the next time they won it was 85 86. So let's say that in the last 30 years, I won it 10 times. See, you've been doing your research, Chris. You're trying <laughs> to steal my thunder. I know, putting me to shame here. Well, I had to talk about <laughs> something because I only seen the goals in the last yesterday. So. <laughs> well, I've only been. Sorry. Sorry. I mean, it was Hurlford that won it last year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, was that their... How many times have they won it? Was that, was no, that their first the, uh, I believe it was our first. First eye, so... Uh, I mean, I, I suppose you compare that to Inverness winning the, the Scottish Cup, really, you occasionally get a... You know, just get a, a wee breakthrough, but uh, it's the established names that are... Uh, that are there... They're on a more regular basis. They made, how, how they made the semi this season, didn't they? Horrorford. Yeah, Tab went on about yeah. In the semi, yeah. So... See, the, 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 I'm going to say the only other thing I know about juniors is uh, a guy I used to work with played for Yoker and I know they made the quarter final this year <laughs> which I think is the best I've done in ages so, or something like that I know, I know a few folk at, um, keep an eye on St Rocks as well at uh, James McGrory Park these days which is uh, named after the, the Celtic's greatest ever goal scorer there we go that's my junior knowledge done there <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's now in the last ten years. That's Talbot won five out of the last ten, which is pretty impressive. It's pretty dominant, isn't it? Aye, and that's back to back. Well, we've already obviously we've won the league last year, so if in the league, sorry, that's three in a row in the league. So I definitely pretty dominant. Yeah, I thought I think you're you're great. Uh, thing recently was when you went to Tynecastle in the Scottish Cup. Oh, it was tremendous. Yeah, that was it was a, a narrow defeat. That's, that's I think you were robbed. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I robbed of a replay certainly, yeah. uh, which would have been interesting. I think if the replay had, if they had been a replay, it would have been at Robbie Park. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but it would have been nice if they had a, you know, a replay for them to go to Beechwood, but be unlikely. Though uh, Talbot trying to improve the game so that if it did come to, I think a big team could potentially come to uh, to Beechwood. But yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at the names that won outside it all, like Talbot, and you're looking at Hurlford last season. You know, shots blown accord. Who beat Talbot? Well, let's go Rose. Bathgate Thistle. What was it you were saying about the West being better than East? Yes. <laughs> where, where are the shots fatting? Cause shots are in the West. Are they in the West, right? Aye. aye. Certainly the last ten years. Just. Talbot <laughs> dominated and then aye. But. It was a, a, a big crowd that uh, Talbot took to that Tynecastle game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Aye, it was, it was a great deal. I mean, it's, it's memories all of Lauren. Probably until folk die. Mm-hmm. Something that might, I mean, it's potentially might not happen again. Getting to play a, a Premier League opposition. Absolutely. Uh, the comparison really would be Irvin Meadow going to Easter Road as well. Yeah. 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 So. Well, you, you, I mean, you'll be back in the Scottish Cup next season because of this one. Back, at, back in it next year. Yeah, we'd qualified already, obviously through winning the league. Oh yeah, uh, of course, the league, yeah. What the happens league then? What's that? Sorry. What happens then? Uh, I pretty sure I remember last time that this happened that the the. It, it wasn't like the place was then given to the runners-up or someone in the league. It was just a case of the juniors get less places than what they would have got if ah, right. there'd been a different league winner to the junior cup winner. It's four, uh, isn't it? Like, that would have been two years ago, so 2012, 2013. I'm pretty sure there was only four teams instead of five. I think, I mean, um, well, this I think season, it's normally four. 
it's normally four. Normally four, so maybe three instead of four then. Yeah. Aye, aye, that's right. I think, uh, I think it's three. But then Govan, Govan get in as a league member. Ah, that's right, yeah. So it is effect, it was effectively kind of four like Yeah, um, 2013-14 there was only three junior clubs. Because I uh, talking like with the Leaving Cup winners at the same yeah. time, so it's quite a bizarre loophole that with Gervin getting in. Do you know what that's all about? It's the did a did a member of the SFA. All right, they're not so the only one now. Um, yeah, Glasgow University and Golsby get in as well. Ah, uh, Golsby do, Golsby do. Because they're, they're in the North Caledonian League. Yeah. They're not even in the juniors up north. Uh, north Caledonian leagues, uh, just a just an amateur league really in the in the Highlands. Yeah, that's it's always. I mean, they, they they never really do a great deal in the, in the Scottish Cup, but they're they're always there, thereabouts every every year. Oh, they've changed it again, haven't they? Because it's preliminary round now, and then this season, and then I mean, first round, second the, round, third round, and then the, they used they used to have the, the qualifying the only, cup, and then uh, like the, the Premier top top teams came in at third round, and then they ditched that and just made that first round, second round, third round, and we came in at fourth round. But now there's a preliminary round before it again. The preliminary pre- preliminary rounds only really to offset the kind of um, uh, I suppose uh, uh, uneven uh, numbers. Uneven number. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> um, you know, in the in the first round, you know, it just it, it whittles it down to to what's required to to make the first round draw. Uh, kind of a, a multiple of well, I guess thirty two. So um, yeah, I mean, there's that's the only reason for that. But I mean, there's a lot of people that that really miss the qualifying cups. Uh, I mean, back in the day, there used to be some some great memories there, and I guess the the four semi finalists in in the Highland League qualifying cup were were given entry to the first round of the the Scottish Cup proper. But um, even from from that point onwards, there was there was still a great deal of competition in terms of going on to to compete for the uh, the actual cup itself. You know, that wasn't wasn't something that they just. <laughs> Sat back and let let pass. You know they they really wanted to go for that. It wasn't just all about qualifying for the cup. So, um, you know, it's uh, changed days. But I think going back, I don't know. Nobody really covered the game yet, but it's quite impressive. But managed to be a crowd just here five thousand one hundred eighty sets, which is pretty decent for two junior teams. That's a probably bigger crowd than you get most weeks at Rugby Park. Aye, exactly. <laughs> aye, and certainly the majority. Naturally, it's kind of Talbot fans, but obviously only been up the road. Aye. Musselburgh, Musselburgh fans put in a good atmosphere. Certainly, there was a, a kind of young crowd that, uh, apart from the, the flyer that was thrown on the pitch, they were kind of sitting constantly throughout the game, which kind of provided a good atmosphere. Uh, Sunshine was out, which is always good. Uh, Sunshine always seems to be out in the, the Junior Cup final, certainly the time I've been. Uh, the game itself, probably, Musselburgh will probably, feel, I don't know, they would not feel hard done by it. Musselburgh played because some really nice stuff. They'd gone into the game in a back, I kind of some terrible form, only won one in the last 10. However, I think they probably had one eye on the final and did rest some players up to the final. Uh, Talbot had obviously got into it. Great form off the back of in the league. I think a lot of... Bookie certainly had his heavy favourites to win. Um, much as I think Talbot have only won one final Junior Cup by more than one goal. So kind of history tells you that usually they're kind of quite close games. And the first half, I don't know if either of you have seen the goals in the first half, but the two goals in the first half were... Yeah. <laughs> worthy of any any game, any cup final. Yeah, were two crackers. Uh, were absolute crackers. Um, Hislop, who scored the firsties, I don't know how much of can you've seen, but he's he missed most of the last two seasons due to injury. Um, there was a time when they thought he wouldn't come back and play, and yeah, I mean, 
that was an absolutely tremendous strike yesterday. He said he said it was one of those. As soon as he had it, he knew it was in. Um, no surprise. I mean, I, I, so, the, I, I only bit of the game I really seen was towards the end of the first half. So I actually seen Sheeran's goal live. Sheeran's goal, and yeah, it was a yeah, cracker off the bar. Well. But I, it was only like, later on Sunday night. I seen what the on the news they had the, the pictures from it, and then I seen how good the Hislop goal was. It was, just, it was two absolute peaches. Yeah, aye, aye. Hmm? it was a, a lovely hit. He he scored like over forty goals this season for them. Um, that was the first I'd seen him. You don't really see much of the kind of teams from East, but obviously with the way the Canal League setup is, unless you draw kind of teams in the cup. But uh, yeah, they, I thought they gave Muscle gave a good account of himself. So Talbot had lined up recently this season. We played four three three, and we did that just in the first half, and we kind of struggled. We're getting exposed at times, but certainly when we switched to four four two, things were a lot better. The, the club captain never played yesterday. He never started, but. That might have been because his wife gave birth this week. Good so I don't know if that was maybe why he never started. Whether maybe the manager thought he'd had a few sleepless nights with the kid. Um, so that was a big, big surprise. But uh, local lad Mark Campbell, which I don't know if either of you remember him from the seniors. He's played for the AR. He's, I remember him at AR. Uh, Falkirk maybe as well, was he? Uh, possibly. I think Wraith Rovers as well. Um, he ended up captain in his side, 37. And that was the only kind of junior title he'd not won. So quite nice for a kind of local lad to kind of pick up the trophy. Much as him and James Latta, who's the club captain, they kind of lifted it together. But some, that was uh, Tommy Sloan, that's his fifth. The fifth they won under his management. And then uh, kind of three of the players, James Latta, Colin Spence and Brian Young, that was all their fifth title. Much as Brian Young was the only one that started, Latta got on in the end. And then Colin Spence, he never got on, but still his fifth, fifth title. Um, which is impressive, like five and ten years. And then the penalty was, I think there's debate, certainly in the East. Uh, <laughs> we certainly say it was a, a soft penalty. Uh, I've looked at that a few times on TV. And uh, I, think, it's one of them, I think it's a right decision, to be honest. Aye, it probably is. It's soft, uh, but it's a right decision. It's, it does, certainly looks like it's contact. Uh, I, I'm not going to criticise Gorm if I go down, because I think he didn't have much option, I don't think. Uh, but the penalty was a lovely strike. Nice, good penalty. Made it difficult for the keeper, and I. You know, I got to. I had actually had the the guy that hit the penalty. Um, I had a bit of bad to him on Twitter because this he hits the penalties. He always hits the penalties. Generally, he's a first choice penalty taker, but he actually scores kind of quite a few goals from open play. And on McBookie, he was like fifteen to one. So there's a new banter on Twitter with him saying, "Oh, yeah, if you if you score, we a few beers in it as well and stuff like that." But stupidly, I never put him on for any time into one because I had a feeling they would score. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, a bit odd having uh, the penalty taker being that high odds. Probably just McBookie probably don't really know as much about the junior game in uh, terms of that he's set piece taker. Should uh, be a stick on with all the all the anoraks then. All the, the guys that go to the games every week must yeah. must lump the odds on him. Well, I have a thought there would have been a few that had. I know one, but one of my kind of friends he kind of bought about his love to score first. Um, so he was kind of pleased with that. But yeah, I was. I was happy whoever scored first, mind you, but it would have been nice if Pope had scored first. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a player that has kind of played in the seniors before or been involved with the senior clubs. He kind of was at air last season, but then ended up going back to the, the junior game. So, And he's quite he's relatively local. Uh, I don't know how well either of you know Auckland Lake in the surrounding area, but he's he's from Catching, which is just a few miles up the road from Auckland Lake. Wikipedia reckons Pope's a buff Irvin. Oh, does it? Yeah. 
I mean, that, that may just be where he was born. So. Aye, he certainly stays in Carchin, so yeah. I don't think he's stayed there kind of most of his days. Uh, or he's, he said just to mind you, he's moved to Hawking Lake, but maybe that's just a reason. It, it says the same with Mark Campbell, by the way. He's placed a lot of Irvine as well, so it's probably just that, maybe that's just where they've been born. I think, though, a lot of people down this way were born in Irvine. Yeah. It'll be the hospital. Well, 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 Irvine. Aye, aye. <laughs> Is that you on Wikipedia then? Yeah. Aye, that'll be for the kind of players that are probably playing senior. A few of them Aye, you click on them and you see there's a few sort of folk, like say, Air was one of the places it seems to be quite common for them to go. Obviously, because yeah. they're, they're often in that neck of the woods. So. Aye. I think there's only about three of I think three of the squad are from Glasgow. Uh, I think the rest of them are pretty much resident for Ayrshire. Aye. And East Ayrshire, uh, mostly East Ayrshire. Aye, Wild played 150 games for Stenhouse Muir as well. Ah, he's played a kind of quite a lot. See, yeah, he's, he's, he's not, he's not played a decent though, level. Yeah. There's quite, a, there's a few there that have kind of played a decent level. Um, I think that one thing this season it's been a bit of a, a season of transition. Some of the older players haven't featured as much this year, but the likes of Hislob came in, who get married a match as well as scoring this goal yesterday, and then the young boy Boyd in midfield. Um, but there's a few of the kind of older players that maybe been there for about kind of ten years that are not starting regularly, and I think as well maybe now that. Does Talbot have had second or so much success recently? There might be some that fancy they've done all they can at junior level, maybe taking a punt at kind of trying to go senior. I tell you what, though, we'll if, what you're, if you're talking about a season of transition where you win a league and cup double, <laughs> that's not bad. I know it's at all. impressive, though, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it has been. I mean, if you, the start, they looked at the midfield yesterday, it would be a kind of completely midfield from what started the season. Uh, kind of some of the senior players, like, like I mentioned, the captain, captain Latter. Spence, it's kind of probably going to be, looks like he's maybe going to be leaving, and then uh, Stephen White. But Stephen White, he ended up getting injured early in the season, so that's why he he ended up out the side. But to, kind of, Tommy Sloan kind of puts faith in the players that come in, and it's hard to get back in the side if obviously you're kind of winning most weeks. Your man Spence is that a move to senior ranks? He's uh, at, probably not. I think he'll stay in the junior game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's talk of maybe he'll be he'll be well sought after. He's Probably one of the kind of more creative types. He's a, he used to be at Gretna, actually, back in the day. Um, before they were, I think, before they were in the Premier League. He might even he might even have been in the squad in the Premier League. Um, but he's been at kind of Talbot the last ten years. But I think he's about twenty nine, thirty. But yeah, it looks like he'll go to probably. There's talk he's going away. Certainly by the he, he kind of tweeted yesterday, kind of saying thanks for the memories and all that kind of thing, and it looked like it was a kind of farewell tweet. So get loads of them at this time of the season, don't you? Yeah, there is. Um, but yeah, I think there might, there'll be other players. I think that will be of interest. The senior senior teams, um, David Gormley, they're kind of one of the strikers. There's been no secret that Clyde have been after him for a while. And one of the games I was at earlier in the season, Barry Ferguson and Bob Malcolm were certainly at the game. Probably watching both Inford medal players and Talbot players because it's a good recruiting ground for the likes of Clyde. Absolutely. So, yeah, so we'll yeah. see what happens. But. Uh, Tommy Stone's already shown this year that he can, or, or not just this year, but the last few years that he can build new teams and I'm sure he'll do that again if it, if it was come to it next year. So I'm going to have to ask, how come the Junior Cup's bigger than the Scottish Cup? Because <laughs> it's, it's a big one. <laughs> if, you, if, if you ask anyone down here uh, in Oakenleck, it's certainly regarded as a big one. Uh, but I, who knows? I see you got your hands heavy. on it. It's right. a heavy bugger. I was going to say, I see you got your hands on it. That's not bad. That seems to be a thing this season because you've had your hands on that and Laurie's had his hands on the the, the championship trophy. <laughs> I 
I, I fast back into the Scottish Cup before as well. See, I've never managed it. The came, uh, I, it would have been the probe of the season that we played Hearts. They, they came to Beechwood with the trophy and I happened to be on my day off. So, uh, yeah, managed to go around, so I managed to get a picture with that. That's, it'll be kicking about somewhere. So, I, uh, but yeah, it was, it's heavy, but uh, I stay on the, I probably shouldn't say where I stayed, but I stayed not too far from uh, the ground. So, when they, as opposed to like an open top parade, which they, they had done previously, the last time that they won it, and also this time, what they did is that the kind of top of the main street, they, they got out of the bus and then walked down the main street with the cup, which is quite cool. Cool. So right, it was almost, right, like a kind of, almost like a kind of Pied Piper type thing, mm-hmm. where they've got the, kind of, they're walking down with a trophy and all the kind of fans are following, so that was quite good. And then after it, folks just went down to Beachwood and you're getting your photos taken with the players or whatever and taking the cup. So, aye, they'll, be, they'll still they'll be. It's, it's, I think today was is regarded as that Auckland like bank holiday uh, because they're in the final so much. Great <laughs> off. So fantastic. Aye. So aye, well, it's good. It's, I mean, it's a small village of three thousand people and football is the the main thing. Well, you've got your big rivalry as well. I would come like, right. but they're away, they're away down to the, the first division that season. Are they? They're still oh. Glen Afton. There's Glen Afton, no Glen Afton are kind of local as well, but there's not not as, not as big a rivalry as what there is with Cumnock. Like. No, still no, still no. a kind of pretty big rivalry. But the fact that most of the teams in the the Super League are from Ayrshire anyway, so most of the matches are pretty much... Aye, but nothing to the same extent rivals for a different reason. Looking like in Cumnock. Aye. Uh, yeah, well, there's there's new rivalries though, kind of not just kinda, as local rivals, but like sort of in Meadow, with them being more successful over the last few years, and then Halford certainly are kind of aspiring to be one of the kind of top guns in in junior football. So different kind of rivalries. Uh, so uh, it makes sense, interesting. But we'll see what happens that see what happens that season. We need to get you down. We've been saying we said it last year, but I need to try and get you down for the game. Uh, Give you an experience of uh, junior football. Real football. <laughs> Aye. Well, it's good though. I mean, the likes of that, I mean, you don't often get the chance to get a match with the players. And that, that is, that, that's uh, a different level for it. Which, well, I, mean, I go along and uh, stare at these people. <laughs> Aye. They're just regular guys like you and me. Yeah. They, 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 they work, they love football, but they happen to kind of play a bit of football and, yeah, one trophy, <clears> get paid for it. Might not get paid much, but. Aye. It's, 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 it's fun when you put, when you get to play like fives in them or something. <laughs> like, like I said earlier, like the guy I know who plays for Joker, uh, I've played fives a couple of times and it's embarrassing how much better than me he is. <laughs> but it's, it's to be it's quite eye opening as well when you see yeah. how good you are at that level. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You, you sit there and watch these people, like you go along to maybe like the, the top flight in Scotland and you go, oh, I could do better than that. And then you play alongside somebody that plays in the juniors and you go, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, even even fitness, yeah, even the fitness aspect for like these kind of folk at parts. I mean, yeah. Talbot are known for their fitness. It's one thing that they kind of pride themselves on. They, they press, don't, they work as hard off the ball as they do with the ball, uh, which is kind of what, you, what the kind of big teams tend to do. Yeah. And at that level, when you're considered they're obviously working full time and then maybe training just twice a week, that the fitness levels are kind of pretty good. You, you don't get. I, I, it's maybe kind of changed from maybe the 80s whereby I would maybe see the odds 
for quite a few of them and it looks as if they were not, not in shape but it's taken a lot more seriously now certainly I see amateurs are like oh, they're juniors <laughs> amateurs are like that in fact you probably Aye. find some of the amateurs are even fitter now well even in the amateurs you find you come across guys that maybe have been you know with big clubs yeah. In, yeah. Their, in their young days and you know for one reason or another you know it hasn't worked out they've not managed to, to break through or you know just even get a, a deal professionally in the first place but uh, oh, just the extent to which they can keep, you know, that that same spark and uh, produce it at that level, um, it, it, you, you can definitely see that these guys have still got something, um, and it's it's very eye opening when the regular you or you or me play against them. That's for sure. <laughs> it's quite interesting because obviously there's players that uh, will go from the juniors up the way. Um, like progress, but there's also players that maybe have played in like Premier League that have gone back to the juniors, like like some Robbie Winters. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. He's in the juniors these days. Keegan Parker's been kicking about the juniors recently. Stuart Keane not at Hurlford still. Stuart Keane is at Hurlford, yeah. Um, so there's, there's quite there's a few actually that it used to be more common. I mean, um, well, see, it's like, probably a lot more. It probably isn't quite common. Well, see if you see if you look through like the youth careers, is sort of like folk. Like, what well, see, take, take Lesbian Lions for instance. Billy McNeil used to play for Blantyre Vic, and I'm pretty sure I, they won. The, I, I think they won the, the juniors at one point, like the junior cup. Anyway. I'm sure I've seen their name. I mean, I guess most of the uh, most of the kind of recent, maybe 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 not so much in in the last five years or so, but you know, looking at the Aberdeen team for example. Um, and some of the guys that have maybe come to their retirement recently. I mean, Russell Anderson started off at Dice Juniors. Chris Clark was at Hermes Juniors. Maybe it's a path that you know is is kind of traditional, but maybe with the way in which youngsters are kind of snapped up by by big teams now and and really wrapped around cotton wool. Yeah. As far as what they're allowed to do and how they're how much they're allowed to play in their teen years, it's becoming. You know, less of a, a grounding for them really in their their development towards the, you know, the, the senior game. There, there are talents there that can progress. Certainly, I mean, like there's some the old Chris Doolan at Party Thistle, maybe not a household name, but he's certainly playing at a good mm-hmm. level. Chris Erskine at Dundee United. You certainly find that you know farming farming a youngster out to the the juniors or even just the the lower leagues in general is a a, a way of kind of getting them into playing men's football. Yeah, you know you're. <laughs> You're, you're coming. You're coming through the the youth ranks, and you're always playing against people that you're the same age as. Ah, uh, your peers. Your peers, exactly. So, you know, it's it's your introduction to to becoming a, a man, I suppose, and I'm sure it can be can be pretty harsh on on a few of them. Yeah, I mean, there's one there's one boy just now that's uh, that Talbot, kind of another local lad, Mark Mark Shankland. He was at Air, and he's still registered as a player with Air, but they've withheld his registration this year. So he couldn't play for another senior team. So he used to right. play for Talwood this year, but he's McCall. It depends what happened. McCall might want to include him in his plans, but the likely he wants to go back to kind of playing senior. But he's nineteen, so he's at an age whereby he's not got any commitments or being married or having a house and all that. Any kind of thing whereby he can give it a go. It's it's just obviously when you get a bit older and then you're. Oh. Your comes a bit more real, that, doesn't it? Yeah. Same as the Highland League, as we, I think we've mentioned last time we were on. You were on Andy. Uh, there's players obviously making a good living from their their, their work. Their, 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 it's a gamble exactly. whether they went into playing full time or even part time in the professional league. Yeah, and going back to Richard Britton, 
you know, going to Broram, that's exactly the, the kind of position he's accepted, really, in, in kind of saying, you know, I've got a settled family, why would I move? You know, and he's maybe kind of sacrificed the prospect of, of finding a, a good club down in the central belt, where he, you know, he's originally from Bathgate, so, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's by no means a, you know, a born Highlander, but uh, he's, he's settled here. Adopted. Adopted Highlander, yeah. yeah. He's from the home, though. Yeah. He's, he, I suppose there's a possibility, as you were saying earlier about the coaching thing, I suppose there's a possibility he could get involved in the community side of coaching, like with schools and well, stuff like that as well, there's all sorts of possibilities. I mean, a good example, actually, is, uh, I don't know if you remember, uh, I mean, there's a guy, Stuart Kettlewell, who played for Ross County yeah, in yeah. recent mm-hmm. years. I mean, he was, he was Clyde in Queen's Park before that, where he might have come across him more often. But Is he a brother? Yeah, well, he was actually released at the start of the season. Um, well, he was, he was kind of kept on over pre-season because he was, he was recovering from a hip injury. But it was one of Derek Adams' kind of last acts, actually, was to, to release Stuart Kettlewell before, before Adams was... Was sacked at County, and uh, you know it was an unpopular decision with the the fans because he was a massive favourite at uh, at County. But um, yeah, I mean, just within two weeks, he signed for Brora, but he was given a job under the new regime at Victoria Park uh, within County's development kind of side of things. So he's he's now a very prominent part of Ross County's youth development setup, and you know he's that's his full time job. Again, he's a, he's another guy that's originally from the central belt, but you know, having moved up, having made the commitment and made the decision to to go and settle in the Highlands, which a lot of players don't actually do. A lot of guys up here are, are actually staying here on a bit of a temporary basis, although they've got contracts and everything. Um, there's not actually that many of them that bring their families up. Um, certainly, guys that, that come from Glasgow, anyway. You can get that to Aberdeen with Shane Logan. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Kettlewell was one that you know made it made it clear that he wanted to stay in the in the Highlands, and you know he he actually scored the winning penalty for Brora in the in the Edinburgh City match. So uh, you know the, that's an example of of someone who can stay within close proximity, despite I guess not having a, a role on the pitch for for Ross County. I think we probably should uh, leave it there because we need. My time is bursting on, and we need to get on to uh, probably the important thing for the rest of the week is how Scotland are going to do against Ireland. Uh, and we did play Qatar on Friday night, I think it was. Um, That's right, yeah. And it was a small matter, and I'm not talking about the streaker um, of, a, of a single goal win. Thanks to Matt Ritchie, his first goal for Scotland. He <laughs> goal Goal came just a minute after the streaker. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if he put him off. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I've seen. I mean, yeah. obviously, Sky didn't show the streaker, but I've seen some videos online, and um, what's said, everybody loves a knee slide. I'm not sure. I think there was a couple of streakers. I think there was a streaker later on as well. Uh, I think there was something else later on. I've not seen. I haven't seen any of that one. But the, the I first think there was a guy that came on. I don't think he was a streaker as such, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he went into the centre circle and he downed a miniature. Oh, did he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, wasn't, wasn't the only miniature on show. But, um, where, where on nah. earth did he hide that? In his socks, I hope. Uh, he just chucked it away, but no, oh, yeah. it was a bizarre, bizarre thing. But, 
Uh, sadly, uh, it's probably the most worthy thing to talk about in that game because other than that and the goal, it was rubbish. Top take for side played all right. It did alright, yeah, but I don't think. It, is, yeah, I mean, is anybody going to? No, oh yeah. Is, is anybody going to play their, their way into the uh, Strachan's thoughts in the on on Saturday's game against Ireland? I don't uh, think so. I, th- I think Strachan said it himself. He said that, uh, nothing had happened in that game that would make him change his mind over what he's already picked. So no, I, yeah, I think you'd be, very, you'd be struggling to to kind of learn anything new about the players from from that performance. I mean. Richie did well. He, he was his performance was an encouraging one. Um, you know, he missed a good chance just before he scored his goal. But uh, you know, he's a guy that's going to be running on massive adrenaline just now. Oh, he's uh, he's finished the season fantastically with Bournemouth. He's got a huge amount to look forward to next season. Um, you know, he's been a major part of their success. I think that was his fifteenth, was it sixteenth goal? And you know, in all, you know, everything told between. Club and international. It was his fifteenth goal of the the season. So, um, you know, he's he's been been a remarkable few months for him because he was only called into the, the squad for the the Northern Ireland Gibraltar double header in in March, which was the first time uh, he'd been to Scotland, apparently. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he might start. Yeah. I think he might start on Saturday. Uh, I, I think I, I, I think we're going to get Stephen Fletcher. I think. I, I mean, oh, I think I think the fact Naismith played up front maybe mean or started up front maybe means he's going to play up front. That's possibly the one concern though, because Naismith went off and against Qatar after he slammed into the keeper because one of the defenders Naismith. had pushed him. Now I think he was all right, but I think it was more precautionary yeah. than anything else. But there is that. There's yeah, going to be that doubt until we know for sure. I was down at uh, down at the press conference today. You know, the first of kind of two or three that uh, the Scotland camp do before you know matches and. Uh, Naismith's fine. He's uh, he's recovered from that, and he was he was back and involved today. So, sorry, sad it's close up there. Uh, might be for tomorrow's paper, but no, <laughs> <laughs> perhaps. Um, just Did... yeah, no, but I mean, I guess it was a it was a fitness exercise. Let's be honest. Yeah, just keep but, uh, keep uh, taking over. People haven't played for hours as well. There, well, there's a, a varying degree of of kind of. Uh, you know, ring rustiness, you could say, because some players who finished the championship season on May the second probably were in holiday mode by the time you know the, the match kicked off on Friday. You know, it's it's how how do you keep yourself busy for for a month? You know, when your your season's finished. Whereas you know, you've got guys like Alan Hutton who was playing in the FA Cup final just the week yeah. before. So yeah. um, he, I mean, he, that's the reason he wasn't involved uh, on on Friday because he was on an extended kind of. You know, break after finishing the season very late, but um, just a real variety in terms of the readiness of certain players. And I think the ones that needed minutes the most got minutes on Friday. That was it, really. It was just a, a case of easing easing the way back into the the way of playing. Uh, I guess there's a, an argument to say that we could have done with a a more stern test ahead of such a massive qualifier on Saturday. But um, maybe that's what, not what Strachan was looking for. Maybe he was he was just looking for a, a you know, let's let's not beat about the bush. Yeah. Maybe he was just looking for a training I'm, exercise. I'm kind of glad it panned out the way it did because we we got to see a few of the fringe players. We got the win, which means it's not going to do any real damage to our uh, FIFA rankings. Um, it's probably given a few people a bit of confidence. It's got the fitness up, like you say. It's kept that going. Um, we ha- I think we had to do something because Ireland have managed to fit two games in 
they played up behind the closed doors game against uh, Northern Ireland yeah. a few days yes. ago and then played England yesterday and from what I can understand in the England game it was even worse than ours Hi. <laughs> there's probably a couple of things from the Scotland game the James MacArthur has maybe I think maybe he's gone ahead of Darren Fletcher and McGrew in terms of playing in the holding role maybe with Brown possibly I, think possibly. I wasn't impressed with Fletcher at all which is no. worrying because I quite like Fletcher and he just he doesn't seem to have it at the moment. Whether it's still or not. I think maybe he needs a pre season to get back to the way the way he's been we know he's capable of. But I think you'd yeah. be right, 'cause I mean I mean Mulgrew at least is, he's still coming back for injury, he's played a bit a game in a bit now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think... Sorry. Sorry on you, Glendy. Uh, well, the one thing that's very much weighted in Mulgrew's favour if he's going to force his way into the team for this match on Saturday is the fact that he was a standout performer the last time we played Ireland. Yes, yeah, he was. Man yeah. of the match in November. Um, you know, he was outstanding that night. And, you know, it's it's one that's commonly referred to by, by Strachan himself. Mm-hmm. Um, that perhaps accelerated his return to the team um, because he's only played two sub-appearances for, for Celtic at the end of the season after his, his tendon injury. Yeah. Um, I think it was the two last games of the season so mm-hmm. you know he came through 90 minutes on Friday and uh, I guess that was more just proving that he can he can get through that really because uh, as I said as I said earlier you know some players needed it more than others and he was certainly one that, that did require a full a full go at it so uh, I mean in terms of playing in the in the holding role I mean it might might be too soon for him but he's certainly put himself in contention um, I think the other, the other thing that always plays into these, anyway. there, there's good options, but I think the other thing that always plays into these is what does that uh, sort of knowledge of who you're playing alongside, and obviously Mulgrew, if he was in there, would be alongside Brown, who he knows at club level. And yes. I, 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 actually, at one point, did you know have about five or six Celtic players in the park? It's just it's, it's, it's a remarkable yeah. number of Celtic players in the Scotland squad. For, uh, I don't remember it being that many in a long, long time. I mean, we certainly had, I never noticed at the time, I thought um, Marshall was still in goal, but it was Gordon was in goal. We still had Brown in yeah. the park, we had Mulgrew Aye, in the park. Marshall started again, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, Forrest was still Marshall. in the park, Griffiths came off the bench. It was at least, yeah. five, it was at, least five at one point, all, all, all the Celtics. So. Aye, that's, that's one thing I'd like to have seen a more of Griffiths. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd agree myself. Because I think he's probably, started. I think Griffiths is probably the one guy that's likely to give... Um, Stephen Fletcher a run for his money when when it comes to who, who he might get picked because you've got you've got like, Griffiths has been scoring pretty well for uh, for Celtic up here, uh, whereas Stephen Fletcher's been all right down south. But the fact he's still playing down south in the Premiership where it's quite hard you'd expect it to be harder to get goals is probably why he gets Well, last time I was on the, the podcast, we were kind of reflecting on Fletcher finally, you know, managing to to uh, to break his international duck I suppose since his uh, the, you know the game against Iceland uh, was it six years ago um, <laughs> you know the, the hat trick against Gibraltar was, was his, his first goal since since that match so mm-hmm. um, I still think I he should have more because it was probably the worst hat trick I remember seeing aye I know international level though I mean, he's, he's far from, for a guy that we you know bent over backwards to try and get back into the setup, you know under Craig Levine yeah um, you know his record at international level isn't isn't great. Um, Griffiths, there's something fresh there. You know, there's something that I guess opposition defences won't know about. So 
Um, I, I, I would have been all for giving Griffiths a, a sniff of it on, on Friday, you know, from from the start. But uh, never know. Perhaps his omission from the starting lineups an indication that Strachan's maybe going to going to go for it on on Saturday with with him. It's possible. Right, I think he would gamble on it. I don't see. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I think Basemith will start up front. I th- I'd, I'd probably agree, but. Uh, I mean, I certainly I think we're in a, a relatively fortunate position in the sense that Ireland are under big pressure to deliver a result in this game. Um, you know, their their fans are going to know that from the moment the game kicks off. They need the the result more than we do. Um, you know, because they they know that if if we win, we're five points ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I guess we've we've already beaten them once. I guess the the one thing that's a, a concern if we if we do edge our way into into the lead is that they've they've actually scored three stoppage time goals in the campaign already. <laughs> they got a last minute equaliser. See if we're getting um, an injury time and we're leading by a single goal, I'll be delighted Aye. because if uh, all I really want out of this game is a draw, if we can get a no, win, fantastic. Win. But if we get a draw, I'll be happy. So if we're leading going into injury time, I'll be I'll be I'll be ecstatic. If we can hang on to it, so much better. <laughs> Georgia on stoppage time they drew against Germany and they, they got the, the draw against Poland as well. I, I, to be fair, we have already taken them in injury time by go up and held on to it. So Absolutely. And that was a uh, supposed home game because it was at Celtic Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but again that's the home team this time there's perhaps more expected of them. Yeah. Um, and the, the, when when it like, gets going the Aviva Stadium is really noisy. It's just an I'm intimidating atmosphere that place. The Irish fans make a lot of noise. The one thing about the Ireland team, I don't think they're the type of team that will go out and attack. They they would rather try and hit in the counter. Yeah, but I think they're... Even, they're, at, even at home. I know, I know, but I think they're under a so lot of pressure to play it. I don't know. That'll the question is whether they play the system that they're used to. I know Keane's supposed to be playing, which could be yeah. the, the, the real trouble if Keane can find his form. He didn't start in November. No, so that that was a very strange decision by Martin O'Neill. Glaring right, on they started Shane Long, didn't they? Yeah. But then they maybe started him for his pace. But we've kind of different options. Long, Long's a good player. Um, in his own right, uh, as is Jonathan Walters, but um, you know Keane's the, I guess the, the standout name there, uh, just just in terms of his natural knack of of you know doing doing something special really. But that's the come uh, that's the coming uh, Saturday, so it's a five o'clock kick off, so not be. A, I, I prefer three o'clock Saturday just because I'm a traditionalist, but five o'clock would do me fine. Aye, are you not getting to go to away games yet, Andy? So no. No. no, I mean we do have a reporter covering it, but uh, not not myself. I'm saving <laughs> myself for for, uh, for Inverness in Europe, so <laughs> I've got enough of a. Uh, I've got my passport looked out anyway. Hi, that was good anyway. I take it you've got the date of the draw ringed on your calendar as well, so you, you can sit in the other night. Exactly. And keep refreshing. <laughs> Aye, because it all all depended on the on the outcome of the, the cup final. Yeah. Winning, winning the cup final, or winning the Scottish Cup supersedes finishing even second in the Premiership. So, um, had they lost that, then it would have been Falkirk going in round two stage, and yeah, probably would have been round one. So, uh, you know, they've they've had virtually no time to, to create their plans, and neither neither have I. So, <laughs> yeah, June twenty second is when the, the the first and second round draws are made. Yeah, that's Champions League um, and Europa League. So, I think all three of us on the podcast tonight yes. are sitting waiting on that date. <laughs> Do either of you know when the Premiership fixtures are announced? The 28th or 29th or something, I think. End of the month. Is it 28th or 29th? 
No, I thought it was the 18th or 19th. I, I, thought, it the same, I thought it was the same time around that the, the English fixers came out. And I'm sure they were advertising that Sky in the Champions League final. I mean, if it was to be the 28th or 29th, that would be really tight because it's, I mean, the first game is on August the 1st, isn't it? So, yeah, a month notice. I think it, I'm, I'm certain it's the 18th, but could be could be wrong. You could be right. I, I, like I say, I think I'm going <laughs> in the, the English uh, games. And I, thought, I, I could swear I'd seen something about them being the same day as uh, ours. So. But yeah, I mean, could possibly be right. Can't see in online, so. <laughs> we'll just keep an eye out. All frantically, all frantically <laughs> typing there trying to find out. Googling hard. <laughs> Googling hard. It's <laughs> something I should know, but I mean, we're, we're still finishing this season. It's uh, <laughs> been a frantic few weeks I've not even thought about next season yet uh, oh here we go Friday the June the 19th June the 19th it's on the SPFL website we should just have went to the SPFL website to start with really <laughs> that's for all four divisions as well so that'll be a, another Stop date that's, that's the 19th and the 22nd that's a, that's a busy week a, well, a long weekend effectively because once it's Friday, Friday Monday so what's the fixers what's the plans will be formed yep yeah it's the f- C for Europe is the first and second round both announced at the same time yes yes and both yeah, both, both the Champions League and I remember uh, back to last year yeah it was aye yeah uh, Champions League and Europe League, there, so. the, the possibility of well next year guaranteed entry to the second round might come up against a, a team A or team B so the, I mean given the, you know the, the qualification rounds of the Europa League work on a a back to back basis it could be very short notice in terms of booking Looking things, you know. Yeah. Hopefully, I get to yeah. European fixtures next year. It'll be before I go on holiday for the first round anyway. <laughs> so hopefully, the better. Oh, what about yeah. it? I'm going holiday. I don't go on holiday about November. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be missing much, right? Yeah. No, no, really. I watched June now, and it's still freezing here. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous, isn't it? I was supposed to have a heat wave last week. I got wet a lot. <laughs> It's turned right. into the weather show here. I know, that's, that's probably a good indicator that it's time to finish up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, well, thanks for coming <laughs> on, guys. <laughs> I should yeah. probably mention, I don't know, uh, you can know, obviously, in terms of following Chris and Craig and Greg and myself on Twitter, but Andy, if you want to follow Andy on Twitter, it's Andy D. Skinner. Uh, you'll keep you up to date with what's happening at Exclusives from the Highlands. But you when I look at my Twitter, I've got two or three less followers now that you've mentioned that <laughs> <laughs> the opposite effect no no um, much appreciated folks alright well, well and, uh, yeah thanks thanks for having us on again uh, it's, it's, it's been good to have you on it's been a really interesting discussion about the, the Highlands and the Juniors and it's, it's things that don't get covered often enough in Scottish it's football covered a lot it's been yeah. good covered all levels today Alright, well, well, I think we'll have one more podcast this season before uh, we, we take a, a, a very short break, probably, because we're about to be back for uh, the, the European games. But uh, that'll be next week after the Scotland game. We'll hopefully be discussing the, another fine victory, but who knows. So, uh, thanks again, guys, and we'll talk to you again soon. Cheers. 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 Thank you. <laughs>